I'm going to preface this episode with a disclaimer. This is not a sad story. At first, it's going to seem like one, but I promise it's not. Okay, here goes. Todd Stabafelt grew up in Bremerton, Washington. It's a Navy town. Todd's dad was in the Navy. His wife, Karen, actually just retired from the Navy. Like a lot of kids, Todd and his friends loved playing with guns. Not real ones, of course, but Todd's dad did have a collection of antique guns. Long story short, when Todd was eight, one of those guns accidentally fired. Todd was shot in the face. His spinal cord was cut at the C4 vertebra, which means he's quadriplegic. He's been paralyzed from the neck down for the past 30 years. But here's the thing about Todd. He seems so unfazed by anything that life throws at him. I get the feeling he could wake up tomorrow with an extra arm and a big striped tail and maybe some horns, and he'd probably make a witty comment and just keep on going. He would find a way to work with it. Todd is funny. He's hilarious, actually. He's a small business owner. He's incredibly persistent. And these days, he goes by the Quadfather. Todd has become a master of using eye gaze, voice activation, Bluetooth, and all manner of other technologies to help him get around and control his surroundings. Things that are just a convenience for mobile people are life-changing for Todd. And he wants the tech world to understand that, to see what a huge difference accessible technologies can make for someone outside the mainstream. Today, we're going to step or roll into Todd's world and see technology through his eyes. From GeekWire.com in Seattle, I'm Claire McGrain. Welcome to Health Tech, the podcast where we take you to the cutting edge of digital health. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, leveraging best-in-class digital tools to relentlessly reimagine health and healthcare. Follow them on Twitter at ProvInnovation, that's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, making it easier, more collaborative, and more rewarding to take charge of your health. Todd and his wife, Karen, live across the water from Seattle, and I got a chance to sit down with both of them during the annual GeekWire Summit. Todd came to the whole event, all three days. He attended most of the talks, he met with Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, and he gave a talk on the main stage about universal design and technology and how it can change the lives of people with disabilities. His talk was powerful and moving and incredibly genuine, much like Todd himself. We're going to start the episode today by sharing an edited version of Todd's talk, just edited for time and for clarity. Afterwards, I'll sit down with Todd for a conversation about the technology he uses, his quadthedral, which is what he and Karen call their home, and what he hopes developers, tech leaders, and others take away from his story. Okay, let's jump in. Thank you. Appreciate that. They said 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Look at this. How am I going to do 20 minutes, right? I might just do 40. Whatever Todd said, right? Forget it. Exactly, right? Who's going to push the dude in a wheelchair off the stage because it went over 20 minutes? <laughs> Said no one ever. Ever. All right. Yeah, I'm the founder of C4 Database Management. But actually, that's not at all why I'm here to talk. Um, and we can always talk about that later if you wanted to. But um, this has been a wild ride. 
It's been a wild ride. I'm 38 years old. It's been, I've been super crippled for, for over 30. And uh, I grew up in this country, and um, everything that that woman just said was, was absolutely the truth. The fight. The fight. Whew. They said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, I'm tired of talking about the word accessibility. I'm tired of talking about the word assistive technology. God, you say those words and everybody just right away goes to disabilities and you know, speech, rec, and eye gaze, and all these other things. And it's like, man, this needs to be bigger than that. This is everybody. You know? Speech rec for the quad is speech rec for the world. Right? You know, convenience for you is independence for me. Or I represent millions of people worldly. So I said, let's do universal design. Well, what's that? What's fascinating to me in the last two days has been nothing but talking about that. <laughs> Diversity, inclusion, universal design. Um, you know, Judas, you know, Satya did most of my speech already, you know? I was back there in the corner excited. I'm going, dude, you're still in my game, man. As soon as he's going, that's what Satya said. Okay, I'm out. Um, universal design, what does it actually do for you and how it impacts your story? Next slide, because that's how good I am, right? Voice rec, boom, did it. Okay, yeah, exactly. In your face, all you voice recs. I got Colton, that's what I got, full time, guy in the back. Oh, uh, you know, I didn't even start with any like really, really perverse or profound humor or offensive humor. So let me do that real quick, um, just so y'all. <laughs> get in the, in the groove. So I'm in fact referred to as a quadriplegic. Okay, that means I have uh, four extremities that don't have really much movement. Yeah, really? Look, yeah, could figure that one. Uh, yes, so two quadriplegics walk on a bar, okay? How, how dare you laugh, that's horribly offensive, right? <laughs> um, but it's this horribly good joke, right? Uh, what do you call a nun with quadriplegia? Right, Virgin Mobile. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, I know exactly. Jeez, ooh, that lady just laughed, I think. All right, universal design, this is my take. Uh, so we'll read it real quick. Universal design is designed in a composition of an environment so that it can be accessed, understood, and used to the greatest extent possible by all people, regardless of their age, size, ability, or disability. The next slide is somebody who's really smart and wrote a better description, which I'm not going to read because it is difficult for me to put words together to form sentences. That has never been my um, sort of core competency. I write SQL, and I do that well, and that's about it. This particular individual, PhD, great lady at UW, really laid it down, really wrote it out. This, not, this should not be an add-on. This should not be an after-the-fact. This should be a part of the beginning, of the thought. It should be named. It should be real within the story. We all are just a bunch of stories in this room, hanging out, trying to figure out how to do right and how to do you. This is the definition of universal design as it manifests in an actual story, in the story named Todd. Next slide. We've heard it before, and people have always said these things. It's also known as this, that, and the other. Um, the last bullet point is the most important. It's simple concept. But man, until you name it, until you begin to apply it, 
Is it just sort of this afterthought and then it becomes more expensive to do and it becomes harder to do? And in this particular story, I always laugh, people usually uh, name curb cuts, right, as like the ultimate universal design. That was, you know, 1960. Right, now it might be the actual handicap button that you press. Uh, but now I'm seeing that the handicap button's actually lower. There's usually two now, there's one down low, one up high. Because everybody got a footrest, right? Everybody got a walker, everybody got a cane so you could beat on something, your dog or whatever, right? Next slide. This is universal design in my story. Folks, all I got is a PhD in pain and suffering. To get here today is a 4 a.m. start for me. I live in Port Orchard in that beautiful home which we referred to as the Quadthedral. My beautiful babe, Karen, we've been in that house for just about two years. Now, she's a smart one. She's got the multiple, multiple master's degrees, et cetera. Um, I'm, I'm not, I just sort of learn things by fire. And we made this home absolutely fantastic and wonderful. And we did it because of necessity. We did it because we wanted independence. I want to be a husband. Okay, and I want to be a husband and I want to do it well. I don't want to be some ding-dong disabled dude, right? I want to be real. I want to be independent. I want to demonstrate my masculinity and all the ways that are of quality and all the ways of are integrity. You do that by making sure you take care of your girl. And you demonstrate that clearly and consistently. Well, how do I do that? Well, in the ecosystem I picked, which I love that there's multiples out there, I ended up picking a home kit for me. It works for me. But some of my buddies, they're all about the Google, right? Or they're all about the Amazon. And I love the fact that we all can pick what we want, sort of what our preference and profile is. Because what you guys do and make and decisions you make, and I don't even know really what your story is here, is that you make my life real. I'm the demonstration of universal design. You allow me to be married and to be a father of two and to be the owner of sweet little Olivia, who you saw at the beginning of that little film, little 40 pound Rottweiler mixed with a little bit of pit bull and got a ridiculous overbite. <laughs> then you got to see my little lady, Beatrice, Rottweiler. She was on the couch just chilling. That's what she does. You, you, I don't, I don't know what your situation is, what your story is, man. Are you happy, you're not happy? Guess what, you're making choices, you're grown. You're an adult. And your good choices impact me and the people I represent. So if you came here for a couple days to get a little refresh, like what the boy Sachi said, man, click it. Grow up because you make my life better. Serious. I want to sit on that one for just a moment. I want to meditate on that one for a moment. Because I feel like you, the decision makers in the room, need to really understand what you do and why you do it. And maybe you get the theory, maybe you get the equation, maybe you get the case, use case scenarios. But this is real, real deal boots on the ground. I just happened to grow up in a, in, a, in a Navy, German, Southern household. Failure wasn't an option. Everybody's valuable. Everybody matters. Everybody must be putting groceries on the table.
That's how I grew up. And at 38 years old, married with two kids and a couple dogs and a cat don't really like at all. <laughs> In fact, you want to do something on the side later, let me know, okay? <laughs> Baby girl, don't even got to need to know, all right? It's important, folks, to do what we do and do it from the beginning. Do it from the beginning and do it right. Don't be an add-on. Don't be an afterthought. We live in a fantastic world where we have some really cool opportunities to do some really cool things. And for me, like, what's my role? What's my spot? I think I'm just a dude, and the dude abides, <laughs> right? I think that's my part in this whole scene. I got here on Friday night at the museum, and, I'm, and I wheel up to this dude and say, hey, what's up, how you doing? And, he, and his response was, one, zero, 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 one, 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 zero, zero, zero. <laughs> Now you you a geek, man. It's like, right on. That's not my scene. They're like, well, what's my part here? Wheeling around the last couple of days. And I think it's just me demonstrating my story and what you do. Hit me with that next slide. How are you going to apply it in your story? Because if you're going to do me right, right, and help the world that I live in and my demographic, Typically, you only do it because you're somehow impacted by it, such as a, a loved one, like a family member gets hurt, or you have somebody who's born with a disability or whatnot. That, that shouldn't be the motivation. The motivation should be doing because everybody has the right and everybody has the opportunity. Hit me with that next slide. This one's blank. You know what that means? I'm about done. And also, you're grown. Go make those choices that are important to you and the people you serve. And if you need me, I'm always here. Next slide. Geek Wire, I love you guys. Appreciate you. Had no idea you even existed until about three or four months ago. Straight up, man. I've been behind eight monitors for the last 20 years writing code. That's all I do, write code. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, hey, you're different. Man, you really, really, whoa, you, you a different style brother. Yes, I am. And the dude abides. I love you guys. Keep it real. That was Todd Stabafeld speaking at the 2017 GeekWire Summit. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, I'll sit down with Todd to learn more about how he makes tech work for him, and how he manages various aspects of his disability, both physical and more abstract. We'll be right back after this. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, helping to shift the industry from sick care to health care. Providence St. Joseph Health empowers people to take a greater role in managing and improving their health. Building on Providence's history as a disruptor, the Digital and Innovation Group leverages best-in-class digital tools to reimagine a better consumer experience in healthcare. Building healthier communities requires meaningful and personalized relationships that make Providence St. Joseph Health a trusted partner in people's lives. Follow the Digital and Innovation Group on Twitter at ProvInnovation. That's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Health Tech. We're going to dive straight into my interview with Todd, live on location at the 2017 GeekWire Summit. 
So let's, let's talk about the technology you use. You sure. said that you are a fan of the Apple HomeKit and Apple's yes. line. And you use, I saw you use Siri as well. Oh, for sure. It all goes back to history, uh, which was <laughs> I was a BlackBerry with a headset and auto answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I rolled that mug for years. That's just the way it was. And, you know, we hacked a little speakerphone option, which allowed me to do like a couple more things. And then, then I could do like a little name dial at times. I could like check the battery level of my BlackBerry. That was it. So in 2013, when I was with one of my quad squad members, Cody, he was, uh, he goes, look what I can do with my iPad. And uh, he had iOS 7 on it, which I obviously now know. And he turned his face and his iPad did something. I was like, what is this? And he goes, oh, it's called Switch Control. A couple weeks later, you know, we were talking, hanging out with, some, with a different quad squad, Ian, Treadlock, and his mom, Tina. And she was talking about the new Tecla. And I was like, man, Tecla's blow. And she said, well, this new Tecla's supposed to be really great with, with iOS 7. I'm like, what? And then just mentally, I was like, huh. Tecla plus Switch Control. Maybe that external option. Maybe that's to reach out to a Bluetooth device. Talk to Karen about it. You know, we hooked up and then, you know, boop, boop, boop. Now we're texting, emailing, checking the phones like you do. Just doing with all the buttons I have up here in my face. And that's how I got started. I didn't, I didn't know there was anything else then, other than that. And I'm not sure if there even was at that time. So that's how I started the process of using and picking, you know, iOS as, as sort of my, my choice. And, um, and as we've progressed through the years, I've still stuck with it. Um, and a lot of my buddies have too, just sort of continuity and, you know, you get your text message on your phone or, or your computer, right? There's a lot of really sort of integrated things with Apple. And then some of the, some of the bros are all over Xbox one with the connect. Um, and, uh, and then mixing in, you know, IFTT and, um, and Amazon. Do you have any particular feelings about Amazon and Microsoft and, and what they're doing versus Apple? Uh, I'm excited, uh, for sure. And that, that's probably the thing I've pulled away with, uh, with GeekWire this week, the summit is how you can be was a frenemies mm-hmm. is the, is the yeah. word, language, right? <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And then also that, yeah, we're going to compete in some areas and then other areas, you know, we leverage and, or we sharpen each other, man. Right, right. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really, really tight. So no, I got, I got no word on that. I, I'll stick with Apple for now and uh, and keep rolling my game and we'll see where it all goes. So you called it your Earth suit. Let's talk a little bit about uh, you, the buttons you have and the other the other controls you've got going on. Yeah, so you know, uh, artsy and you hang out with a bunch of artists and stuff. And you know, I like Earth suit and meat sleeve, right? Meat to, sleeve. to talk about your body. Okay, Karen hates meat sleeve, so <laughs> we just. We generally default to Earth suit, okay. and I my Earth suit happens to be really really broken, and you know it is a crippled body that's been doing its thing for thirty years. You know I got the body of a gladiator, all the scars, not the muscles and the cool stuff and the sand on my face, and so you just gotta roll with it, and that's what I call my Earth suit, and it's a little bit of way to disassociate too and disconnect. Um, it's not fun to to think about your disability or when it becomes a reality. Those are the parts that you got to be careful because you can get pretty low, you know, in those moments. So calling it an earth suit makes it funny. It also, you know, just allows you to sort of take a step back. And then I sit, you know, in a wheelchair um, called a Permobile F5. And I always say this and I'll continue to say it's, it's, it's the West Coast rep version, black on black. And I love it. 
right? It is just it's a radical chair. Been doing the chair game for 30 years and real suspension, you know, LED lights, um, hazards, turn signals. Of course, they're going to use those. All right, but but that's cool. And then just a ton of integration into my into my phone in my life. I can charge my phones and Teclas and all that stuff on the wheelchair. Like Permobil is the only company like really demonstrating, you know, universal design, mm-hmm. right? Which was this week, you know, ingenuity, really putting the the user in front uh, of the disability, which is what I like. I mean, I'm Todd, who happens to have quadriplegia. I'm not some ding dong quadriplegic named Todd, you mm-hmm. know. Can you tell me about the the different buttons you have on your? Yeah, so you know yeah. we're looking at each other. So starting on your left, water straw. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it's just water. Right? <laughs> you never uh, put anything else in there? No, God, no. I tried putting soda in there once. Ooh. Disgusting. Yeah, I don't feel like yeah, that would go Because well. it was uh, like Coca-Cola boogers. You know, you're like, <laughs> ooh, you could chew it. It was nasty. Um, and then starting after that are several switches, sort of, you know, around um, a gimbal, a joystick. So the joystick is old school, just up, down, left, right. So I drive the wheelchair and embedded into the gimbal ball, like the joystick ball, I have two IR switches as well. So when I touch them with my lip or my tongue, it activates a button. Mm-hmm. And then on either side of that gimbal joystick are, are two buttons on the left, two buttons on the right. Some of those buttons are assigned for the phone. They move back, move next, select, mm-hmm. you know, Siri home, things like that. And a couple of buttons are assigned to tilting the wheelchair back and things of that nature. Do you consider yourself a geek? Uh, yeah. I, I, I would say a geek with style. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't, I don't pop stuff. up in here with jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. So thinking about the tech you have right now, sure. if a fairy godmother or a fairy programmer, sure. what have you, popped out of the ground and said, sure. I, I can wave my wand and make one more product or one more feature <laughs> available, what would you want? What would you want to see? Well, I sort of like that whole, you know, two-way digital assistant, right, who can under- understand your requests, like many requests, mm-hmm. you know, um, get ready to come to the house, unlock the doors, after I'm in, go ahead and close them and relock them. And there's all those things. Um, but I keep my requests really simple right now. We're getting re- we're getting to go on a flight to Chicago on Saturday, and uh, I-, I would love for you know because again my home kit right my my ecosystem's home kit. I'd love for Siri to know my schedule, and 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 on he- and I do the he version, and he knows that I'm jamming out. So he goes out and makes sure all my playlists have been downloaded right and on my phone because uh-huh. when I'm in the cloud, literally. I do not like the answer. Oh, you didn't download this, so you can't listen to it. Yeah, you know, that's that's super frustrating. But um, or at least remind you. Or remind or you. Or say, hey, yeah, something simple. Do you want to do this? Yeah, for sure. Like smarter AI. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we're getting ready to go out of sales. You know, no signal strength where you're going in a week. Um, what you know? What do you want to do? So I, you know, I just try to keep myself pretty short right in front that I think is extremely tangible. But the pie in the sky would be, you know, like a real true, you know, just talking, not in in machine language, Mm -hmm. you know, lights 25 percent, you know, just real, just real language. And the the assistant be able to pick up on that. Can I ask you a bit about your your home and your setup there? You call it the quadfedral. Quadfedral. Yeah. It's church. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. What do you do to worship? So what do we do? Well, let me tell you how why we call it the quadfedral. Mm Because that in itself is a, is a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a funny. So, house is almost built. We're almost moved in. Can't really remember the exact timing. And baby girl, she's there with me, and she's all in fatigues. You know, that's when she was active duty. And um, 
<laughs> I look out the south side of our house and some, some yard and some 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 you know, rockery and some trees and then this at that time was just like this really old fence that sort of separated the properties and there was a super old dude standing there staring at me and uh, you know one of those cats it's like you know super super old not sure like one how they get there two how they're gonna get back and then the drawstring and his sweats like were, was was out one side down to his knee so you you know a little more about the story right okay he ain't, he ain't fully cooked so you're out there just sort of looking at him. And uh, he, out loud, he goes, what are you? Oh, God. And so, you know, I look at the veteran, right? What does she do? She jumps behind a tree. Right? I'm like, are you supposed to be like first in, last out? You know, right? So I'm sitting on the sidewalk looking at this cat. And I'm going, what do you say to that? That's a ding-dong question. So I went, human. <laughs> I thought that would be an appropriate response, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, you Jehovah's Witness? It's like, man, we're making some transitions <laughs> wow. quick. And I said, no, you know, I love my Jesus, um, but no, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. And, and he points at the house and he goes, that's a big house. Looks like a temple. And I was like, right on, man. I said, this is our house. We do definitely do church up in this thing. And he turned and walked away. And uh, she came out behind the tree and we sort of giggled. She thought he was asking, because it was like Halloween time frame. She was like, do you think maybe you were dressed up as a quadriplegic? Because that's what everybody wants to do for Halloween, oh, right? Of course. Couldn't of course. Frick up your, you couldn't even get your presents on trick or treat. <laughs> Anywho, whatever. Um, so, you know, we fast forward a couple months or whatnot, and then we just start going, this is our temple, this is our church. Yeah. And then when we had to name our home, you know, home kit, boop, quadrilateral. Well, you know, we love our home. Uh, as I said earlier in, the, in, the, in this power talk, we're not formally trained in any of this space. We just we just built what we needed, and uh, you know, all, all single level. It's all concrete. You know, um, easy transitions into doorways, and um, you know, we hardwired wiring wherever we could, just as a redundancy and fail safe and generator, and you know, pick the property that's uh, close to natural gas. So all those are those things that we had no idea where, you know, methodologies of universal design and actually named and, you know, has a, has a jargon around it. We just signed up on what makes our life better. And then you know, we, have a, we have a home automation in the house. It's pretty, pretty extensive because, you know, we built the home prior to HomeKit and uh, Amazon, and there wasn't any of that really there mm-hmm. and uh, whatnot. And so we, we, we have a, a fairly large investment into what's called RTI, which is a, a pretty significant sort of, you know, serious enterprise-level home automation that we enjoy. And we've sort of been sunsetting each module as, again, HomeKit and manufacturers have, you know, come online, mm-hmm. you know, with thermostats or garage door openers or things like that. Yeah, we, you know, open the doors, close doors, um, do locks, do blinds, do lights, do the th- heaters, uh, all the displays, volume up, volume down. Speakers, you know, we put speakers all throughout the house, outside the house, and zones and things like that. It's a it's a really really cool home that uh, allows me to be independent, to be at home a lot, you know. And then that part that that I always name that people find interesting or, or just sort of unique is um, I take a shower every day. Mm-hmm. I hadn't taken a shower in decades prior to this house because mm-hmm. I never could build or find an apartment with a handicap accessible shower. So you know when you I was like 30, what, five? 
36, you know, when I started taking regular showers. I mean, and then just the dignity that comes with, with taking a shower. Pretty righteous stuff. Let's talk a little bit about uh, universal design. You sure. talked a lot about that on stage earlier. And, you mm-hmm. know, I thought it was really wonderful. And I think you're the only person I've ever seen it. And one of our events that's done this that said, you know, you're the people responsible for this. You're the right. people who are in charge here. You have the power to do this. You need to realize that and kind of stand up to that responsibility. Yes. Um, I'm 38 years old and I've been paralyzed since eight. Right. I'm, I'm, I've been in a chair older than, than most of my boys been alive, you know, with my, we call them quad squad members. So I'm old and crusty and rigid and yeah, I, of course I think about that all the time. I'm, I'm old school. And I want to make sure that I'm doing my part. You know, when I, I used to commute from Bainbridge to Seattle every day in my wheelchair, right? Universal design's a big, big deal. I want to be independent. I want to be, I want to be my own grown man. It's a real blessing and an honor to pay taxes, which is a really weird statement because a lot of people always, you know, poo-poo on the tax. But it's like, man, disabled people want to be like you, right? We want all those rights and opportunities. So that's just my thing, my shtick. And that's just what I've been fighting for 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 30 years. And uh, this article just came out in New Mobility, which is like People Magazine for the Disabled. And it came out, I think, about a month ago. And um, it made me realize uh, when I first got paralyzed in the 80s as a children's hospital here in Seattle, I ended up actually doing some work with Nintendo as a model um, for a new hands-free system they had for Nintendo Mm 8-bit. And it made me go... Man, I've been this guy since eight. I've been literally like Lewis and Clark in it and demonstrating it for, for three decades. It's a long time. So, yeah. What are you going to say? So it's like um, when, when HomeKit came out. Actually, no, it was when Siri came out. Right. And HomeKit was a concept. It was in... Some apps. Some app where yeah. it was... You could see it in the in the general. Right. Um, Had no app going yet. into the settings. You could see it under general, and it's like, what is this? What is this? What's this home kit? And then you read about it, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be wonderful. And then you would go to the to the retail store, and you'd talk to them about it, and they're like, mm. and I'm like, I know, but what is this home kit? Tell me about home kit. Mm. And it's like, there's there wasn't anything yet, be, and it wasn't because the the ecosystem hadn't been fully developed. It's because manufacturers hadn't embraced being universally designed to plug into that ecosystem. So the the ecosystem was there waiting for manufacturers to catch up to it. Yep. We built it, just waiting for them to come. Yeah. So, you know, we've just been sitting there waiting, and it's like, well, let's stop waiting. Let's start challenging. Let's start not poking, but challenging encouraging yeah. highlighting educating um yeah i mean that's, so that's going to apple stores and our just passion sharing. is yeah just letting people know yeah using real world examples i mean what better than to use the story mm-hmm. you know our story that's what that was our approach and here you are now we did geekwire so it's <laughs> it's obviously real and people find value in that which is awesome that's now that's a win-win yeah yeah for Folks who maybe haven't really thought that they're in the tech industry, they design things, they're product developers, and they they haven't really thought about this before, or they don't know how to go about starting, 
or they're worried about doing something wrong or doing something offensive, what, w- what would you advise? What's the best way to do it? Well, my, my response, and you can jump in here too, babe, it, it was we, we, we had the total privilege this year of doing um, a keynote for the Worldwide Developers Conference, San Jose. And, you know, it was like a one hour long. It was, you know, really exciting because you get to like demo it, right? My phones were up on the screens and, and I was really showing everybody how the buttons worked, which is really, really exciting and put a very vivid name, you know, to what was going on. And um, I remember leaving the stage, you know, like 183 emails. And it was like, what? And, you know, well, that was a lot of emails quick, you know. Mm-hmm. And then for the next like three or four days, you know, developers coming up to you going, I never put that to my app. I, I never named that. I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then second of all, if I did, I never tested it, you know. And I thought that was a real eye-opener to me was, you know what you know. And it, it, honestly, if, you, if, if disabilities, you know, um, or, um, or universal design is not really part of your makeup, you know, or your agenda, then you just do what you do and you go out there and get it done. Um, you know, what we found and know that it's fairly easy to apply, you know, these sort of rules, you know, when you're making your apps and whatnot. And then now, you know, months later, we get emails quite a bit from people who really appreciate, thank you so much what you did. Just, you know, I just put on a new version, you know, go, could you go look at it? You know, just tell me, tell us what you think, or, um, you know, you really changed what we do and whatnot. So I just think it's, it's education always comes down to that. It's just Mm -hmm. repeating of that, um, and using stories that people can associate with. Yeah. I think that's how you do how you do it. And if you're not thinking about accessibility or universal design, then you know, then that's not that's not a bad on you. Mm-mm. That's not your world. That's not your scene. So like today and and like with the with the Apple uh, conference, it was just trying to flip lights on, trying to show people no, this is real. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to do this. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me, both of you. No problem. Todd Stabafelt is a programmer and a small business owner and an advocate for universal design. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Stabafelt. That's S-T-A-B-E-L-F-E-L-D-T. Or you can learn more about his work through the Todd Stabafelt Foundation or his company, C4 Database Management. A big thanks to GeekWire contributor Lisa Stifler. Lisa did a wonderful profile of Todd that helped us put the show together this week. Find that on geekwire.com. You've been listening to Health Tech, a GeekWire podcast about the cutting edge of digital health. Sponsored by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group. Find more episodes at geekwire.com slash health tech and subscribe through iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm Claire McGrain. Thanks for listening. 